the mind. The mind is something that I think everybody knows about. From a years old, you, you know, often and again you make statements. It's not in my mind. My mind is telling me, and so on and so forth. So we want to look at the mind and the importance of the mind, as it were, and how that depend on the level of the mind that you are using part time, you know. As we go on, you understand what I mean when I use the word level of the mind. Because the word mind in the scripture all through is not one thing. Various passages give different definitions of the word mind. So there are kind of classified definitions or, or so or categories, if I may use the word, of the word mind. But the key study we want to look at is Philippians 2. I want to pick it from Philippians 2, uh, 4, and the 5, and the 6. And they will be able to see exactly what I intend here. And then we can use this in relation to all the passages of Scripture where the word mind is used. In Philippians 2, reading from verse 4, the Bible says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Hallelujah. Now, verse 5 and verse 6, you find the word mind and you find the word thoughts. We are going to be taking time to look at the thought aspect much later, but we just won't consider the verse 5 this evening in relation to some other scriptures. When he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The word mind there is very important. And actually it speaks about, in simple definition of the word mind there, it means to exercise the mind that is entertain or have a sentiment or opinion. By implication to be mentally disposed, to regard, to serve or to think. I would like you to take note of these definitions. Because you see the word mind in verse 5. When you get to verse 6, he says, he taught it not. That means it's the same mind of verse 5 that is functioning in verse 6. Because the word mind means to exercise the mind. That is, entertain or have a sentiment or opinion. Hallelujah. It is also defined to rein in or to curb the midriff. And in the middle or as a partition of the body. To rein in or to curb the midriff. Now, when you curb a thing, you bring such thing to a kind of subjection. 
Is that alright? Okay. So when it says to reign or to curb, it means the mind is a factor within you that by through the medium of exercising it, you can curb certain things. Amen? Or you can reign with it. I want you to understand. With the mind, you can curb or you reign. That means, let this man be in you. We can simply say, reign as Christ should reign. Now, in reigning, it's not just having authority as, let me use it like a head, though it is, but it really means ability to be in control. Amen? It is when you are in control that you can cop some things because you have authority to cop them. Hallelujah. It is important for us to understand, therefore, that some people can never, never be in leadership because they don't know how to use their mind. Amen? Now remember this. The mind means to reign, to cop. Are you getting that? Good. It means some people can never be in leadership because they can't bring their mind under subjection. Not just their mind, but certain sentiments or some sensitive nature of theirs. They are unable to control those things through their mind. Therefore, they cannot be in leadership. Hallelujah. It is important. For instance, by Saturday or so, we'll be going for election in this country. Now, every politician, those aspiring to be presidents, you know what is going on in the papers, their criticism because of the utterances they made. Some are well accepted that they use simple languages in their campaign. Others have been criticized. And the criticism is telling on their votes already. Are you following what I'm talking about now? Why? Because they could not curb. Fine. In other words, their mind did not properly function. So true leaders must have control of their minds. And they're using their mind to curb the excesses of the human nature. And that flows into both homes, as husbands, as wives, as leaders in companies, whatever ramifying yourself. If there is one thing that will make you succeed in leadership, it is the ability to exercise your mind to either reign or cop. Amen? 
just like I'm trying to say, one word from anyone that was involved in this campaign can cost such a person a lot in terms of votes. Am I right? Good. Just one word. One statement. I remember how Jonathan was attacked for quite some time because I don't know whether he did or he did not that in the West he used the word rascals. You know, it was serious on the papers and things like that. One word. So it's like saying, how can the president of a country call his people, certain people, rascals? You see what I'm talking about? One word can cost you so much in your life. So the mind is such a thing that by good use of the mind, you can be promoted and reign. And by the abuse of your mind, you abusing your mind because you're unable to control the sensitive natures of your life. You could lose many things. Hallelujah. I would like us to be very, very cautious about this thing that we're going to be studying because it's important. Remember what the Bible says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So the first thing is how did Jesus use his mind? Because the meaning of the word mind means to exercise the mind. Amen? As to having an opinion or sentiment, whatever the case may be. Ability to use it. So how did Jesus use his mind? He uses his mind to reign. He uses his mind to how are you? Because when you go back again to the verse 6, like we said, he said, let this man be what Christ Jesus And the verse 6 now says, Christ taught it not robbery to be equal. He used his mind. When we come to that, we're going to understand. Because sometimes we are made to think that when the Bible says, I have said this several times, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Means, we are just earthly people. He's heavenly. So we're not equal. That's not exactly what it means to say. What the scripture is saying is, you are thinking below me. But you ought to be my sons. Now every child ought to think like his father. And that is why the Bible says, let this man be who was also in Christ Jesus. Who thought it not? The word thought also flows from the word mind. Because it has to do with thinking. It means he thought like God. Now, we can find the way God thinks by the way Jesus thinks in the exercising of his mind. So, we come to the place where it's expected that the way we exercise our mind should be the way God exercises his mind. What are his sentiments? What are his opinions? What are his feelings? Hallelujah. And just like we said, God can control his thoughts and control situation by the exercise of his mind. Uh, this, the scripture says, by reason of the compassion of the Lord, we sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now, he exercises his mind to manif manifest compassion. Therefore, the sons of Jacob, despite what they've done, are not consumed. Can you get what I'm talking about? Fine. The exercise of the mind... We either make you rule or curb some things. Now, if compassion flowed out, it means he curbed his anger by the exercise of his mind. 
And so we must come to the place where he said, you know, anger is part of me. Then you have not received the mind of Christ. Are you still there? Hallelujah. Okay. Other part of the definition of the word man means inclination or purpose. Exercise of the mind. Inclination or purpose means doing a thing because you have a desire to have it done purposefully. An inclination of purpose is not just something that is not residential. Hallelujah. You have determined to do something. You are inclined to do that thing which you have determined to do. It's a purposeful action. So the mind is the aspect of you that enables you to draw conclusion purposefully in life as to the action that you need to take part time. Hallelujah. Amen. Furthermore, the mind also means the exercise of the mind we said up before. It means to entertain or have sentiment or opinion. I also said at the beginning. So what then are we saying? We learn to curb the sentiments or the opinion that common people or the way others people think because we have the mind of Christ. Listen again. To curb, remember, don't forget it, the exercise of the mind to entertain. When you entertain a thing, it means you kind of welcome anything. Is that all right? You can tell me, I don't entertain that kind of attitude. Right. So when you say, the exercise of the mind to entertain means to accept certain things or sentiment or opinion. On the other hand, to curb such sentiment and opinions. Basically, what are the things we need to curb in our lives? Everything that we have come to discover does not flow as it were the thoughts of God. We have the ability to do what? To curb in our minds. That means if we have to have the mind of Christ, we can't think or accept what everybody does. Because let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now the mind of Christ was a mind of God. It was not the mind or the opinion or the sentiment of people. Are you there? I'm taking my time because a little bit. <laughs> but it's something that I think you need to understand. If you have the mind of Christ, you can accept whatever everybody does. You can accept the opinion of everybody. Glory to God. Are you there? Very important you know this. Praise the Lord. One of the things I repeat that you must be able to curb is general opinion that does not match up with God's thoughts. You should be able to curb it by the exercise of your mind. Amen? Are you following what I'm saying there? So, 
we learn to curb the sentiment or the opinions that common people or the way the people think. If I use the word common people, I'm not trying to say some people are superior. But let me explain something here. Common people talk about people. Is that all right? Did you get the definition there? Common people sit down and talk about people. These are common people. But you see, if you have the mind of Christ, you must come to the place where the sentiment of sitting down and talking about people can walk in your mind. Are you there with me? I'm sorry to say, you know, it's common with women. Most of the way they sit down, it has to be people they talk about. But even some men are better than women in this regard now. Are you still there with me? These are common people. Why are they common? Because they are not thinking creativity. They are not thinking life. They are not talking life. They are not talking involving situations that will be of benefit to humanity. God thinks creativity. See God in the beginning. Created the earth. Created the sea. Created is created that. He was thinking. Are you still there with me? You wouldn't see God sitting down and be thinking about somebody or thinking about gossiping somebody. So, when people sit down <laughs> and what informs their sitting down is to talk about someone judgmentally, if need be, is a clear indication they don't have the mind of Christ. Because God doesn't sit and talk about people. God thinks creativity. It means you must exercise your mind to create things of value. Then you are thinking as God. Praise the Lord. You are thinking as God. God wants the best for humanity. So as a child of God, your thought in exercising your mind is to produce things that will be of benefit to what? I would like us to take this subject very serious because it's going to help you just as it's helping me to refocus. Amen? So you don't see yourself sitting down and there's somebody you're talking about when there are better things of value that you can think about. In fact, you should be dreaming of creating a whole world where people can have joy and peace. That is the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. <coughs> when he said, let this man be in you, it simply goes down to what goes on in your thoughts. Let this man be in you. He's saying, what do you think about your personal level, on your personal level, even when you sit down, what do you think about? What runs through your minds? Because Christ will not be sitting down and thinking some of the things we are thinking now. Are you getting this? But you see, we are God's children just like he is the child of God. And his own mind 
was functioning as God's mind to make things available for peace, for rightful judgment, whatever the case may be, for people. What is your thoughts? How are you exercising your mind? Glory to God. Let me just say this. When we think vengeance, when we think jealousy, when we think envy, anger, bitterness, we do not have the mind of Christ. Do you understand this? Because God in Christ will not think vengeance, will not think bitterness, will not think envy, will not think jealousy. These things you can find in God. Now, those things sure could be in your life, but the Bible is saying through the exercise of your mind, you can curb them. So don't tell me, well, anger is part of my nature. No. You are lying. You have only chosen to entertain that. Not because it is your nature that cannot be destroyed. Because you can curb it. You can reign over it. Hallelujah. And that means the authority of a man's life is completely strained in the mind of a man. It's as powerful as that. Glory to God. We're going to be looking at several scriptures along this line so that we can understand better. Even when it comes to let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, then he called down to say, be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to be looking at all of this. That's why I said I was thinking I'll finish today, but so I was driving and thinking and find that there are, I still have to keep on talking about this so that we can really know exactly who we are. Hallelujah. Of course, you don't understand that you can't do anything evil except you first think about it. That is an exercise of your mind. But in a negative sense, not the mind of Christ. But the instruction, if I may use the word, the commandment is let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. So if you find the mind of Christ, then you can know the kind of mind you are supposed to have. If you can study out the mind of Christ, then whatever mind you have now should not be your mind. You can curb it also by the exercise of your mind. Like I said, let this mind be you. Simply boils down to what goes on in your thought life. Hallelujah. Turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Don't forget Philippians 2, where we're coming from. Philippians 2. 4, 5, and 6. Now Luke chapter 10, 25 and 26. I'm going to be reading to 27. The Bible says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. Hallelujah. Now remember we are dealing with the word mind. Okay? Love the Lord with all thy mind. Now this mind here, though close to what we discussed before, is different. This one is Dionai, and it means deep thoughts. Properly the faculty, mind or disposition by implication is exercise. Imagination, your mind and your understanding. So put it this way. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy deep thoughts. With all the imaginations. And that is a very strong thing I think we need to think about. What do you imagine? What the scripture is saying here is, your thoughts must be God-centered all the time. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Your thoughts should be God-centered. And it's not just shallow thinking. It should be deep thinking. Now, see how David will put it this way. Let the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you. Meditation. Deep thinking. Hallelujah. Deep thoughts. Let it be acceptable unto you. Now, what is he saying? Love the Lord with your deep thoughts. That's to say, the way you express your love for God is how deeply you think about Him. His ways, His thoughts, His mind, His desires. Deep thoughts. Hallelujah. Imagination is, is such a realm. In fact, you see, you can break that thing into two. Image and nations. That means you create nations out of the image that you form. Are you there with me? You can create a whole world. You can create a whole system by the pictures you form in your mind. There are people that give themselves over to exercising their mind in terms of imaginations. What could be wrong is when it is wrongly channeled. Otherwise, there is enough power in your imagination to so achieve anything in life. What you imagine is like you are creating a picture. You can hold strong in your thoughts. I'm coming down to something I'm going to make you see. You know something when we come to church and we are asked to make positive confessions. You 
you, you, do you know why we don't succeed in those things? Because we are not holding those thoughts in our hearts as imaginations. Deep enough to bear root and bear fruit upward. We are just asked to positively confess. I'll come to that fully. But understand this. Love the Lord with your mind means love him with your thoughts. Not just your thoughts, deep thoughts. Your imaginations should be that which produces God's pattern and pictures and desires and dispositions. And like I said in the beginning, God's thought for creation is generally peace. Amen? Praise the living God. So you must come to the place where you love the Lord your God with all your thoughts. That is what the commandment is saying. Your thoughts. And there's a scripture I often consider all the time. It simply says, Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. It's whatever. So whether you are cooking, cook to the glory of God. Can I hear an amen to that? Because he said whatever. He didn't classify it. Even if you are washing your clothes. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you, you see... You, you don't have to be washing clothes and think it because my sister is not washing, therefore I will not do it well. It becomes a wrong thought. It's no longer to the glory of God. Or you are about three girls in the home. Must it be I'm the only one washing plates every day, the other one is not washing. It's no longer to the glory of God. That is jealousy. That is envy. These are not God's thoughts. He said, whatever thing you do. So therefore now, if you are serving, even if you are serving someone, you are doing it to the glory of God. In God's thoughts, that is how you are functioning. Even as a slave, if I may use the word. Not because of who you are, but you are doing it to the glory of God. Whatever, that's what the Bible says. So even if you are sweeping the fellowship, you are sweeping to the glory of God. Whatever. And that's what we're saying. Loving the Lord God with all your thought life. Everything you think you must do should be to the glory of God. And that shows even if you are in the classroom teaching, you are teaching to the glory of God. Amen? Teaching to the glory of God. It's not because the government is paying you or not paying you. It's part of your service as a believer to humanity because of God. Now, you will do a different mindset entirely. You are not doing it because the government have to pay you. You are doing it because you are serving God in that capacity. Whatever thing you do. Are you still there with me? I see one teacher smiling somewhere there. It's okay. But that is the way it is. Hallelujah. No, you are not doing it because the government is paying you or someone is paying you. You are just rendering a service to humanity through that medium. Amen? To the glory of God. That's God's thought. 
You see, everything Jesus did was to exalt God and bring peace and elevate humanity from the level that it was to another level. Now, if I use the word teacher, understand when you're teaching people, your mind is not necessarily going to be on the salary. Your mind should be a better product in the society who passes through you. I don't know if you're capturing this. A better person. You are foreseeing a better future. Not for only that individual, but even for the country. That when this man passes through you, gets his education, you become a better person. That is why I think to a large degree, teachers are the best people to impute morals to people. Because a lot of people are passing through you every day. You have an opportunity to impact life and transform their lives. And they also be better people when they pass through you. So you're doing that to the glory of God. Anything you do, your mind is to love the Lord. That shall love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. Very important. I told us here some time ago, if you look at the book of Genesis, you find that the river that broke out of Eden to water the garden, you must understand, garden of Eden is not the same thing. Garden of Eden. That means Eden owns the garden. Is that okay? And then the water came from Eden, who owns the garden, to water the garden. And it broke into four. Why did it broke into four? Because man needs to serve God in this fourth dimension. Your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. And all of these dimensions are kind of corrupted and polluted. That needs to be washed again. Are you following this now? Because we are God's garden. Going to 1 Corinthians 3 verse number 9. We are his garden. And this fourth compartment of our lives need to be washed again by the Holy Spirit, symbolized by the river that is flowing, that broke into four heads. Are you following this now? All right. So, if we must think the thoughts of God, we must avoid things or curbing things like jealousy, unnecessary burst of anger, because that is not loving Him with all your thought life. It's not. Little things make you get loose. You lose control. No, you are not thinking God's thoughts. You are not having the mind of Christ. If anger rules our life, we are not, let's not deceive ourselves, we are not having the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me go down a little bit. This word, like we said, that is used in the Gospel of Luke, like I said, means deep thought, the faculty of the mind, the disposition, and the imaginations. So we must come to the place where our imagination be taken over, shifted to another level, where we think and imagine like God. What does God imagine? Think about that. I remember some time ago, the Afghanistans and uh, some people going to war over there. 
they rejected using some weapons that were being produced by the Americans. Because in the nozzle of the American, they have John 3.16. Molded on the gun. God so loved the war. And you are using that to kill people. John 3.16 was in the gun. The people said, we can't use this gun. Because it's contrary to the message. And when they went to the companies, why did you put that? Say, we want to use every means we have to preach the gospel. No, tell me, what are you talking about? Killing people with a gun and you put in John 3, 16. Now, can you imagine God imagining such a thing? Hallelujah. Gone, you know, you are exporting at Afghanistan to kill there or whatever. And you put John 3, 16. And people say, we don't want that anymore. And the government is okay. So if you don't want us to say any that, we erase them. They begin to remove them from the one they produce it. Filing them off even the war front. Because it's contrary. Hallelujah. What am I saying? If you have come, or you must come to that place where your imaginations, your thought, because somebody sat down and imagined you could put John 3.16 in the nozzle of a gun, of a rifle. That's an imagination. But is that godly? I mean, that's never the mind of God. So anything you are imagining, you just sit down and analyze it. Would God imagine what I'm imagining now? Deep thoughts, imagination. Will God sit down as I'm sitting and I'll be thinking the way I'm thinking or imagining what I'm imagining now? That is what you'll be thinking about. <coughs> the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, see, can you imagine, I'm bringing it a little bit home, you understand what I'm saying. Can you imagine God sitting down and thinking that somebody wants to harm him? Oh, come on. Nobody answer me. Don't you sometimes sit down and think that way? Then that is not the mind of Christ. Because God will never, never. Now, listen, understand what I'm saying tonight. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus will not sit down and be thinking that one witch want to harm him. He can't think that. So when you think, I mean, sit down and you're just imagining somebody is trying to plan against me, one witch is doing something, something is doing something, you're not thinking godly because God will not think that way. And then you say, but so you, you must understand, but these things they are happening. Fine. Why are they happening? Because you retain those thoughts in your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm sure you will not quickly forget our series on belief. I don't imagine me sitting down and thinking that it's like somebody is planning against me. So where? No, 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 no. Because God can't think that way. Christ can't sit down and be using his energy to picture who is going to be against him. One wish in the night, one devil somewhere. How can? Listen, imagination, don't forget. You build images which becomes nations. You develop a whole community of either evil or good by the image you construct in your mind. So, 
if you could be sitting there and thinking that somebody is doing you something behind the scene, there are going to be manifestations. Because you are building those images. Am I communicating here? You are constructing, developing, in fact, you are betting a whole nation. And it could be a nation of evil. And they would definitely manifest themselves. I read a story recently, people living around the cemetery. And they were interviewing them. Three cemeteries in Lagos. People staying close to the cemetery. This is a cemetery. This is a building. They are staying here. Staying here. And they went to them and said, how could you be staying close to the cemetery? They said, we have been here for a long time. We don't see any ghost. What they said that are in cemetery, we have not seen anyone. One man said, I raised all my children in this place. One teller said, this is where I've been since I came to Lagos. But the imaginations of men makes you feel the cemetery, there are so many ghosts there. And when you begin to imagine that, ghosts will definitely show up. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? This is a problem. I'm just being... People stay there. They stay there. But you can't go. Why? You mean, why do you think you, you can't go there? Because somebody have told you before now that in the cemetery, the spirit of the dead people, they come out in the night and have party. So you can't go there. In fact, think about it. If not for now, that undertakers have made cops a visible phenomenon. Otherwise, when somebody dies, some of you adults can't even sleep in your homes hearing that somebody died. Am I talking? Say somebody died next door. Hey! My husband not there also. <laughs> Especially if the person is a family friend. Oh! You will just look for... Uh, sister, are you at home? I will come to your place this night. Our brother just died. Why? Imaginations. I'm, I'm trying to make you see the implication of the life we live. So, those people staying by the cemetery, they keep on saying, we've never seen anything. Though they told us that ghosts are always in the cemetery, but we don't see anyone. There is no ghost anywhere. You create the ghost and they show up. With your thinking, with your imagination. So many things. That is why it is difficult for even adults to sleep in darkness. Do you know some people can't sleep in darkness? You must put on light. <laughs> you must put on light before they can sleep. They can't sleep in darkness. Their imagination is running wild. In the darkness, all manner of things can happen. Witches can come. Ghosts can come. Even armed robbers can come. So put on the light. Imagination. Praise the Lord. I remember when I was growing up, when I was in the school, in high institution, I lost one of my cousins. And they said, if you love somebody so well, so well, his spirit can visit you. They've told me that before. We've heard that before. I said, okay, fine. Now, I want to know why this my brother died. So while I was in school, you know, top of the roof, there's a way you can climb there. 
It's around 2 a.m. I will go there and stay. I'm waiting for his spirit to come and talk to me while he died. Imagination. Never showed up. No one day that this guy showed up and talked to me. Not even in a dream. I mean, we, we, we have a problem with our lives. Christ will not think such thoughts. <coughs> Imagination, I want to repeat, is a very powerful power within you that you must use well or it could destroy the whole of your life. It could destroy the whole of your life. The way you imagine. The way you imagine. How many of you understand that sometimes some people can unnecessarily attack you? And you wonder, what did I do to this man? What has led to that? Imagination. All this while you have imagined. This guy is not wishing me well. This guy, if I don't do him something now, he will have time to do me something. So he wants to start it first because he has imagined it. Or oh, you see some women wake up in the morning because maybe the other sister forgot to greet. So this woman didn't greet me this morning. She's planning something. That dream that I had, she could be the one. Now I understand. Imagination. Just because the person forgot. Now if he didn't greet you, did you greet her? That's a problem. Imagination. Hallelujah. I would rather think you start imagining that God is giving you ability to create wealth. Ability to give life to people who don't have life. Ability to have money. Begin to imagine that. Success. Imagine the car you want to drive. Oh, I tell you something. Think. Yes, sir. Think about the kind of house you want to stay. That is where your imagination is like that of God. Because when God sat down on his own, begin to look and say, let me create the world, create the earth, create the heavens, begin to create stars. You know, you think how God was playing with imagination and things were coming into play. What kind of house do you want to build? How do you want to end your life? 50 years, 60 years time. How do you want your house to look like? Begin to build it now. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Begin to build a house now. You can lay the foundation now. And yet you have no money in your pocket. But you can lay the foundation. I'm not talking of willful thinking. I'm talking of deep meditation. The pictures you build in your mind will show up. Hallelujah. I've always... Always imagine myself staying in an upstairs. Always from day one. Always. And God is always. That's why even the fellowship have to be in an upstairs. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm just being honest with you. I don't like down, downstairs at all. I don't like it. And God is just about doing some wonderful things about that as well. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? Your imagination should be creative because God is creative. What kind of life are you expecting? Even when you are old, how do you expect to live? I've always imagined myself that before I'm going to die, if at all, somebody say, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Amen. I should be able to talk to my children. 
I don't miss that thinking. You know when situations say, before somebody comes and say, dad has gone. No, it shouldn't be dad has gone. What did that say before he went? Are you following what I'm talking about? I was, I was listening to a CD somebody gave to me from South Africa. And there was this man that was cutting pictures of what he wanted in his life into a box. Cut the pictures. He would just put it there. Look at the pictures. I like this house. I would like to have my house. He put it in the box. So it's a kind of memory box. Putting things there. Putting it there. Putting it in there. Until he finally built a house. And his son came one day, sat on top of the building, top of the box, in the office. The, the box was there in his office. It's like a safe. He had not opened it for a long time. And the boy said, Dad, what is this? He said, oh, it's my memory box. My pictures of the things I want for my life. So, it's like, inquisitively decided to open it. And the boy was bringing out the pictures. And behold, one of the buildings were the exact building you already have. He built it years back before it materialized your imagination. Deep thinking. Let this mind. He said, love the Lord your God with all your mind. Deep thought. Your imagination. So imagination is not willful thinking. But building things in the spirit with the mind of Christ. Even as God built things before they manifest. I want to really encourage all of us tonight to get out of the kind of things we are thinking and come into the thinking that God thinks. The thoughts of God. Which are creative. Life. When you look at your friend, look at your neighbor, you're thinking about what you can do to make life better for that person that you're close by. Creativity. And anything you think in this regard will show up. Husband and wives, if you think envy, if you have your imagination rolling wild, suspecting your husband, suspecting your wife, you're going to see it. You are just creating a wall of divide. Because those pictures you are painting will show up in reality. Think love. Think affection. Have the right desire to make your neighbor happier than you met the person. The ability to make life better is in your life. It's centered in your mind, which has to do with your imagination. 